0: And the only way to build wealth is to own assets. Mm-hmm. The problem with someone making £20,000 a month from this Airbnb model is they don't own any assets. Yeah. You know, they've still got a business that they've got to run. Like, as much as kind of somewhat passive income, it's not completely passive mm-hmm. because they've got to be you know, managing their team, managing their systems. And if they step away, it will just fall apart.
1: Welcome to the Valente Brotherhood podcast, hosted by me, Joseph Valente, where we make men become great again. So, Tyler, welcome to the Valente Brotherhood Podcast. Thank you very much for your time today.
0: Great to be here. Great to meet you.
1: Excellent. So, I really want you to um, uh, share your knowledge and expertise and story, really, with the audience today and Mm. show how a young man at just 26 years of age is able to, you know, be sat here in an amazing apartment (laughs) with Westminster in the background, Mm. you know, and, um, uh, you know, for many people, living the dream. How is it that you've got here at 26 years of
0: age? Um, Well, so I guess it starts off, first of all, very fortunate that, Mm -hmm. you know, I grew up into, was born into an entrepreneurial family. So my old man, he has an estate agency business. So kind of the first exposure I had to to property, which I'm sure we'll talk about was was that. Um, But it wasn't so much kind of the business acumen and um, I really didn't have actually that much exposure to property through Mm. that. But a lot of it was the kind of character traits and values that I was taught. Um, off the back of that so incredibly like grateful and know everything to my family in that sense but um my entrepreneurship journey really started kind of in my late teens and mm-hmm. you know i'd start a couple of clothing brands and events business while at school but the real pivotal moment was sixth form at school um, 17 18 years old all the teachers like right go to the university open days do your personal statement apply for all the unis i'm like mm-hmm. hold on a second uh, no one's asked me if i actually want to go to uni. Yeah. And it just seemed like everyone else in my class was like, yeah, right, we'll do that. I'll go do my personal statement. And I kind of took a step back. I was like, I've already got this entrepreneurship itch from kind of the couple of things I'd, I'd tried and um, failed at. Mm-hmm. I say failed, you know, didn't really go anywhere. I was like, um, no, I want to, I, I can't. I can't stand the idea of being two, three years in education. Saw a Facebook ad for a free property seminar at the, cumberland hotel now the hard rock hotel at the top of uh, park lane and marvel mm-hmm. arch and that's where it was and it just kind of i was in a position where i didn't know what i didn't know this you know person i was learning from kind of exposed to me mm-hmm. like you know here's the you know the roadmap to success with property um as you do in this game you know you, you go to that and then you pay the extra bit of money to go to the three-day mm-hmm. course but i was just in a for me, it was just a lot of self-development. I was like, you know what, everything I earn, I just want to kind of invest in myself. That's where I saw the biggest return on investment. And that's then where the journey started, where obviously I've got this evolved into the kind of three businesses I have now. Um, yeah. And so the
1: education system um, for you, did you, did you like it? Did it fit um, you? Because most entrepreneurs are rule breakers. They don't like authority. They don't like being told what yeah. to do. You know, they don't like their time wasted. They want to work on the things that they're really good at rather than doing the lessons that they hate. Was that you? Did you do well at school? Um, you know you what? A-
0: I'd, I'd probably back myself and say I was a good student, but mm-hmm. I, wasn't, um, I wasn't exceptional at any mm-hmm. particular subject. Apart from, I think, maybe when you turn 16 or 17, you start to learn business studies at school. Yeah. That, for me, just clicked. It almost it was like second nature. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, I get this. You know, some people have a math brain where they go into a math class and they can just see the numbers and the calculations make sense for me that was that was business um but my education really was everything i did outside of school mm-hmm. i was reading books i'd get home from school i'd go on youtube i'd watch tony robbins i'd watch all of these guys and i'd listen to audiobooks i'd be on the bus to school everyone's listening to music mm. i'm listening to audiobooks and podcasts wow and for me that's probably where i learned you know more Um, And
1: what triggered that so early? I mean, I didn't get into that world mm -hmm. until I was probably 22, Mm -hmm. you know, it was 22 when I started to do personal development. And that's when, you know, as you will know, this whole new world opens up of mindset, Mm -hmm. attitude, behaviours, you know, and and you start to see that success leaves clues and so on. So what got
0: you into it as a teenager? Um, was it your dad as your mentor and guide and your yeah, inspiration definitely definitely um my dad I remember being mm-hmm. super young and my dad would talk about how he'd go on some of these Tony Robbins events with oh, some of his friends and I didn't really see like any of Tony Robbins content so I just I'd hear the name but I was like know mm-hmm. what is this and then um once you once you start like you say you pick up one book you just get hooked mm-hmm. and you think and it was the one thing that kind of really I don't know I just I just love learning still mm-hmm. to this day I probably spend Without even you know properly, you know, without intent, I'll just still spend one, two, three hours learning each day just because Fantastic. I enjoy doing yeah. it. So,
1: and yeah. so you grew up around me. Was your dad a was your dad a big personal developer? Did you grow up around oh, it as I'm, a kid, listening to the tapes and the CDs or the audio? Ma-
0: massively more so than mm-hmm. probably I can consciously remember. Fantastic. But. Um, but yeah for sure it was and but then it also gets to the point where when you start to surround yourself with more and more Mm -hmm. successful people you see that's one of the most common patterns they're all just obsessive over constant and never-ending kind of personal development and improvement Mm -hmm. and like you alluded to then success leaves clues Mm -hmm. it's just i think you're out who's got the success that i want and Mm -hmm. what do they do and okay well they're all saying read books listen to podcasts and yeah that's what i did fantastic Mm
1: -hmm. And you know it's, it, you become a product of your environment in most cases, and there'll be many people watching this um, or listening to this podcast. As I said, there's going to be a, a this podcast is going to pick up a big um, young following, mm-hmm. and I believe that there's going to be a lot of youngsters watching this in their kind of early teens that may have had may not have had a father figure that had sure. inspired them, and you know that. They are looking for people like yourself that's Mm -hmm. not that much older than them, that's become very successful, telling them that this can be achieved, you know, and and having, you know, a brotherhood of Mm -hmm. not just, you know, people within your close circle, but within, you know, a a, a wider circle that have been successful, that are willing to give their time like you are today to guide Mm -hmm. is a big driver for me as to why I'm doing this. Because I think it's about, you know, giving people the opportunity to level up. When you get success, you should reach back, pull someone else up, each one totally. teach one. And, you know, some people aren't lucky enough to have good mentors um, in their lives. Like, you know, your dad has obviously been to you, but yeah, sure. I was smiling because... My little boy is going to be um, hearing the same things that you would have heard because yeah. I'm like you, one to three hours, four hours, it's always on. Mm-hmm. If I'm walking from upstairs to downstairs, I won't waste that time by not listening to an she audiobook yeah. or having YouTube on every mm-hmm. second spare. So, um, you know, he's going to be coming up and listening to all of this stuff as well, knowing that he's going to be super so successful. So... So when was it that, so you did a few clothing brands and stuff in your teens, what was kind of your most successful side hustle in your teens that you could recommend to these guys to tap into? Did you have one or was it just trial, 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 test, test, test?
0: Um, You know what? So yeah, I mean, I mentioned a couple clothing brands. I mean, one was like with three other friends. So Mm -hmm. like of the tiny profits that we did make, Mm -hmm. I had to split it between them. So it was really like nothing, but that taught me, And I was building up the website. I was... uh, toying with influencer marketing at the time I was um, building products and maybe we'll talk about this but obviously to be successful at anything you've got to build all of these different skills in Mm -hmm. different areas and um, it taught me a lot about that but for me I mean there's two parts to your question that the first part for me that kind of really took off was uh, the property investment stuff Mm -hmm. so when I left school I actually joined um, worked as an estate agent I was Mm -hmm. on kind of a, a commission only package so you know i'd only eat what i'd kill um mm-hmm. you know if if, you, if i don't sell houses i don't make any money so um i didn't sell any i didn't get my first paycheck till like four or five months into that but after doing that i mean i saved up um from my other ventures as well about eight thousand um, pounds bought a house in coventry for um pounds, 10 percent deposit refurbed it on credit cards and was living paycheck to paycheck i get paid at the end of each month mm-hmm. and i pay my my trade tradies and um so it sold it for a nice profit. Made like 30, I always forget the numbers, uh, 26,000 mm-hmm. pounds profit on nice. that one.
1: How old were uh, you at this time? I was
0: 19. Fantastic. Because um, what what I've skipped out there as well is the year of me trying to find my first property deal where mm-hmm. I was getting rejected, yeah. estate agents rejecting my offers, not taking me seriously, mm-hmm. all of this fear and these this self, the limiting beliefs I had. Um, but then as soon as I did that first deal, whole world change because mm. i okay, if I can do it once, I can do it again and I can do it bigger and so that that one deal multiplied into two, into three and then to the point now where I've got the, the much bigger property development business. The second part of your question about what do I recommend to the young guys, um, Some sell something, a product or a service mm-hmm. and I mean, in the day and age we live in, sell something online. My most successful friends that are young that have got seven, eight figure companies under the age of 25 that are they're e-commerce guys mm-hmm. and so, I would recommend. Um, I think that's such a great play because you can start young and it's something you can build for enterprise value as well. Mm-hmm. Or go into a sales job. Just yeah. learn to sell.
1: Amazing. Yeah. And um, you know, I completely echo everything you've said. And one thing that that shows and the story, you know, that the point of the story that people want to take is that. It's not straight to success. And I think people want that immediate success. Instagram makes people believe that there is immediate success. But, you know, doing a couple of months of commission only, you know, you eat what you kill is absolutely fantastic because it's character building. You're prepared exactly. to go the distance, to do the work, to outwork the competition. And if you can operate at that level, you'll smoke most people because every a lot of people are weak and they're not yeah. prepared to do the work. And, mm-hmm. you know, wanna, I'm launching the Valente University and... One of the main things I wanted to teach in that platform specifically is and I'm making everyone do that one mod that one training module before they do any of the others is sales. Yeah. Because um, unless you understand sales, you can't really be a good marketer. Unless you understand sales, you're not gonna be able to flip property well. Unless you understand sales, you're not gonna be able to build successful businesses. Mm-hmm. And you know, in training businesses, I see too many businesses that have started because they're good at the technical skill or they know a bit about the industry. They don't know how to get customers or how to make sales. Um, so learning sales, absolutely agree with that. And I also say commission only because you can command the higher price. Sure. and it really pushes you to um, you know make make um, make the money because if you don't get if you don't get sales you don't get paid
0: totally it's, it's sale anyone that learns how to sell will never be broke again mm. because you can just go with any company and you can earn hundred grand a year mm-hmm. minimum for sure
1: amazing so let's fast forward 5 years then to where you're at now 25 What does life look like now? What are you doing? What what have you achieved? What did that kind of um, spark and all of those seeds that you've sown grow into?
0: Yeah, so um, I've got three different companies right now. um, And I don't intend on adding any more to that because those three alone are, of course, a handful. So I've got Newman Rose, a property Mm -hmm. development company. Um, Right now, we're just starting construction on an eight and a half or nine million pound development project over in Cambridgeshire for 17 houses. So that's kind of what my, from doing the 80,000 pound house in Coventry is now eight and a half million that we're about to start construction on. And then in the background, we're taking various sites through planning to get planning on that will be anywhere from 35 to 45 million pounds worth of um, property that we'll build. Again, Mm -hmm. this is stuff we'll build, you know, this is like a two or three year journey at least. So I don't want to throw these big numbers around without context. Mm -hmm. Um, The second business is Luxury Property Partners. Um, really one of my newer ventures, but I left the estate agency industry to go full-time into my own property business. Mm -hmm. I didn't actually feel too comfortable, kind of, I didn't want to spend my entire career working in an industry which was my family business as I Mm -hmm. want to make something of myself. Yeah. So left the estate agency industry, went all in on the property development business, and then it got to the point where um, the start of 2021, um, the end of 2021, actually... I decided actually i want to get back into the estate agency industry there's this massive transition that's happening between traditional agency where you've got these high street estate agents with huge overheads loads of admin staff that aren't producing any revenue mm-hmm. the only guys that going out producing revenue the actual value as they call them you know they then get you know any 12 percent of the money they bring in because they've got all these other costs to pay mm-hmm. and it's just not a lucrative industry and the problem is because there isn't that opportunity to earn a significant income I'm talking 100k plus it doesn't attract and retain the best talent Yeah, people will get really good in estate agents, then jump into recruitment mm-hmm. or B2B sales whereas there's this transitioning happening now where we're going to follow the Australian model the US model if anyone's seen kind of selling sunset or million dollar listing where agents are commission only mm-hmm. they charge high fees on high value properties and get paid big commissions mm. so I'm very fortunate with my business partner Damien on that you know he's in a position where as an estate agent he's going to take home multi-multi-six figures nice. a year um, for delivering great results for his clients. You know, yep. He's selling properties at 5, 10, 20 million pounds that maybe other agents fail to sell. Um, so that, that's another business and we've got a great team of agents kind of working under that that we're recruiting and that's a business I want to grow to serious levels. And Then the third business is uh, Property Ed or propertyeducation.co.uk where essentially we just have two mastermind programs mm-hmm. for property developers that want to learn and grow their development yep. business and then maybe some uh, more the younger guys or property investors that want to build a property portfolio of, whether it's buy-to-lets, HMOs, whatever, but they don't want to do it the slow way. They want to mm-hmm. raise money from investors, become great capital allocators, and just scale. Because fundamentally, if you want to build a substantial property portfolio just using your own money, unless you earn a substantial income, it's just going to take you a very, very yeah. long time, as you know, so um, they're the three businesses. and. That's my focus currently, yeah.
1: Fantastic. I mean, you've done <laughs> it incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you go and check out Tyler's Instagram, what is it?
0: At Tyler Newman.
1: Yeah, Tyler Newman. Yeah. yeah. It's um, you know, it shows the levels that you've now got to, which sure. you know, anybody that's aspiring to succeed in business and property should check you out, follow you and and take a look. So outside of your business, there are habits of highly successful people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and it's interesting for the audience to know what it takes to be successful outside of having a good business idea. So sure. what are some of the things that you do to make sure that you remain high performance? Have you got solid routines? Have you got structure that you follow? And if um, you could map some of that out for us, it'd be
0: great. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we've touched on self-development. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's a non-negotiable and yeah. anyone that wants to be successful needs to commit to lifelong learning. But in terms of maybe some more practical things, um, a big um, kind of paradigm shift I had maybe was a few years back um, before I made made the move down to London and before kind of things really, you know, took off. I mean, mm-hmm. they were doing well, but like most people that get successful, there's always that kind of inflection point. And for me, it was, um, I started to meet a couple friends down in London that I was introduced to that were, you know, 21, 22 um, a friend of mine, Iman Gadji, who's kind of blown up on, on socials recently. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to a lot of the friends I have now. And I, and I went to this house party and these young guys, they were all making like, they were doing six figures a month. yeah. Which for me at the time, a great income was ten, twenty thousand pounds £20,000 a month, mm-hmm. w- which it still is. But my belief, you know, my world view, if you like, was kind of, I wasn't thinking big enough. Yeah. And there was this kind of like shift. It was like, you know, if one man can do it, I can do it. And that's Absolutely. the belief system I hold with with everything, what one person can do, I can do, I just got to find out the way. Um, but the, one of the biggest patterns I saw amongst these people was discipline and focus, mm-hmm. just extremely, extremely focused. And you know, they'd implement protocols into their daily routine where they would you know, force themselves to be focused, then they'd, you know they'd wake up, they'd just do these really intense work blocks. And so to give some practical examples, I mean, from a health optimization perspective, I track my sleep every night with an aura ring, mm-hmm. I've done that for the last three, four years. You do it enough, you can kind of see from the feedback loops. Okay, if I eat past this time, my sleep is fucked. Mm. If I drink alcohol, my sleep is fucked. And then you see in the aura ring; it kind of gives you a score on how you sleep, slept that mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. If I, my scores are ninety and above, I work like a beast that day. Yeah. If it's like below an eighty, I can't focus. I can't sleep. I'm making mistakes. And so then you start to adapt to your. Evening routine and your lifestyle and your sleep environment, you know, I sleep in a cool room where there's no phones, no lights, um, blackout blinds, and so I can make sure I get great sleep. Mm -hmm. When I wake up, I make sure my phone isn't in my room because if your phone's on your bedside table, the first thing you do is reach for it and then you're just in a reactive state straight away. Mm -hmm. You just, I mean, they call it an Instagram feed for a reason because it's feeding you shit. Um, Whereas I want to wake up in a proactive state, you know, I want to come in here, look at this view, be inspired, whether I have a, you know, some water a coffee cold shower those kind of things but the the best thing I can kind of say around focus is you know focus is the opposite of distraction just eliminate distractions mm-hmm. just like I say not have your phone in the room if you're working right I've got this task sometimes I'll, if I don't need wi-fi for that task I'll turn the wi-fi off I'll make sure my phone is off and I will just block out you know a four-hour work block and just get shit done and prioritize another thing is Plan tomorrow today in that evening. I've mapped out what are the tasks I can do tomorrow that will move the needle, and I'll just do those. Mm-hmm. Most other stuff can wait unless it's like a level nine emergency. The problem is people go to work, they wake up, they go into a email inbox, and they're just responding to shit. Yeah, and it's not proactive. So, um, off the top of my head, they're probably some of the main things I could say. On Amazing. That. Fantastic
1: advice. I'm going to check out that aura ring actually because I don't have yeah. one. Yeah, no, it's yeah, worth really checking really, really it out. It's good. worth checking out for sure. It's funny that you say um, that you're good friends with um, Iman because you reminded me of him actually when I first met you. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why some of the mannerisms and the things that you may say is kind of similar to him. And um, and um, but
0: he he's been a great role model in my life. Yeah, yeah. He, he introduced me to a lot of the friends I have now. I was nice. one of his clients on his mm-hmm. ads agency mm, a few nice. years back. So very very grateful. For Excellent. You, um. I mean, he's
1: full on monk mode, carnivore, yep. no caffeine, or he says that in some of his videos. Mm. Are you
0: monk mode? <laughs> um, I've had periods where <laughs> where I'll do it. I don't I don't refer to it as monk mode. Yeah, but, but, but yes, yeah, there are times. You, you know, Iman is a testament to it. There are times where you just have to put, mm-hmm. whether it's a week, a month, three months yeah. aside, where you think, right, I'm just going dark. And like, yeah. well, no one is going to hear from me. That was one thing I did a few years back, which actually led to that inflection point mm-hmm. for six months. And none of my friends heard from me. Yeah, They were like, are you okay, are you depressed? What's going on? Mm-hmm. I was like, you'll hear from me soon, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. I was just... This is crying. an important
1: one for young entrepreneurs that start to become successful and start to make money, mm-hmm. right? Because when you start to make money, you know, unless you're a super geek, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you don't want to go out and party, you want to go out and party, right? Yeah, You want to go out and party, and um, you want to have fun, you want to enjoy the money, but you know you know that you can't be working at optimum when you're hungover, when you're laying in bed, when you're not focused, when you know um, you're dating too much, having too much fun. Mm-hmm. So you know, and for you, for you, you know, you seem quite focused in your teens. Yeah. I um, I probably went the I, I didn't I started my first business at 22 and I started making money very early on. At nineteen, I was making a good salary, at fifty sure. grand a year. That I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't start my own business till twenty-two. But then, throughout my twenties, I started to make a lot of money, and okay. I had a lot of fun, and I partied a lot. How you old were you when you
0: went through the Apprentice process? Twenty-five. Okay. Yeah,
1: twenty-five, and you know that was literally every young entrepreneur's dream you Mm -hmm. know I was a playboy at the time you know I told I said I wanted to be like Hugh Hefner when I went on the show now I was always dating loads of different women and all of that type of stuff in my young 20s and kind of going on The Apprentice just literally amplified that ego Mm -hmm. and um, blew my brand up and then when you win a tv show you know you get a lot of attention Mm -hmm. so you know I, I found the mix between um, staying focused and, you know, just wanting to have all of the benefits that come with success, um, a balance that, you know, I probably let um, tip into the wrong things too long. So how have you managed to handle that? And what would you say to, you know, entrepreneurs and people watching? Because when I first came in, you said, you know, I've I've, I've had a lot of fun here, but now I'm more focused. So Mm -hmm. what would you recommend that they do?
0: Um, I mean, as much as you try and fight it at some point, inevitably, mm-hmm. you're probably going to get sucked into it. And, mm-hmm. and like, if you want to go out and kind of have fun, get distracted. I mean, when I say I had my fun, you know, living in London, the benefit is if you want to go to a nice restaurant every mm-hmm. single night of the week, you can. If you want to go to a nightclub every single night of the week, you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't do that. But if it was, you know, going out to the club on the weekend, whatever, um, you know, have drinks, have dinner, never touch drugs. Because mm-hmm. obviously that's a slippery slope that, mm-hmm. you know, I recommend anyone listening you know, never touch drugs. Um, I've obviously just seen that ruin too many people's lives mm. but um, I mean it's part of everything in life kind of exists on a pendulum right you know you can have you know moments of kind of extreme discipline and focus mm-hmm. but then at the same time you know there are going to be points where you're just going to want to go and, and blow out but yeah I don't like to use the word balance because I don't mm-hmm. think my life is balanced I probably live in extremes but the you've just got to learn to control it and like your environment shapes everything <clears> if you don't want to be in a position where you're distracted don't live in a distracting environment yeah you know I've, I've got friends that um you know have super successful businesses make tens of millions a year but live in the middle of fuck nowhere yeah but they're in a position where they literally can't go out and have fun and go to the club because mm-hmm. one doesn't exist for another 50 miles. Yep. Um, so obviously they're extremely focused.
1: She's probably working in their favour in most cases. Which is working in yeah. their
0: favour but then at the same time I've... Boring as hell. It's boring <laughs> as hell and someone like myself, you know, I love to build a, build mm-hmm. a network yeah. with what I do. A lot of, especially the property business, is built on partnerships mm-hmm. and we're constantly raising money and partnering with people on deals. Mm-hmm. So. Being in London, which is, you know, city heavy for, you know, the finance side of things as well, Mm -hmm. I'm constantly meeting guys that can help and meeting other young entrepreneurs. And Mm. one of the things I'm most fortunate to have right now is just a solid circle of friends that are all killers. Yeah. I wouldn't get that if I didn't live in this city. So um, just set boundaries, Mm -hmm. be disciplined and you can't, I don't want to say you can't have it all. But you've got to make a decision. Like if you want to go out and party every night of the week, you can. But at what cost? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: No, that's great advice. And you know, hopefully those that are watching this that are going to be on the come up, mm-hmm. you know, take that advice and um, acknowledge it. I think it's one of the biggest, biggest challenges that I found difficult over the years is between having fun and being focused. and I think it's got easier for me the older I've got Mm -hmm. you know having a little boy have allowed me to focus a lot more so there's something bigger than you so you start to work to a bigger purpose and Mm -hmm. you know you're no longer going out as much I'm 33 so compared to you I'm an old man but um you know uh, it's it's crazy what happens when you get past your 30s 25 is 25 26 prime years the best years um you know and i hate even saying that because it makes me feel like an old man because i remember mm. when i was that age and people were telling me and i'm like yeah you are an old kid yeah, i'm still in my has, prime right most, most people
0: <laughs> men don't peak till they're in their late 30s yeah so you've got time i was saying
1: to somebody yesterday i can't remember who it was but it was um i'm always in my prime if you ever ask me where my prime is my prime is now because you that. never want to admit that you're not in your prime i'm yeah. always in my prime and um that will always be what i'll say to anybody that asks me um Okay, great, so you're touching on um network mm-hmm. and being in a team full of you know your friends are killers and they're make, and they're successful and they're making moves you know um when I was thirteen years of age, my dad left, and um you know I didn't see him for well, i haven't really i saw him once in the last probably twenty years wow. he's passed away now, but I saw him once he was living with me all the time and then he just disappeared from my life, yeah and went and never came back mm-hmm. and um for me, I started to then immediately look for a father figure, and I looked for father figures in older guys, but because of the town that I grew up in, there wasn't a lot of success, and there wasn't a lot of people making moves, and I was naturally a rule breaker, so I found kind of the brother figure in older guys that were bad guys as well. So, you know, I, I looked for that support and that help and that network in kind of the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And a big part, again, of this podcast and the meaning behind the term brotherhood. It was about being around the people that really have your back, but also acknowledging that you're... Because at the time, I thought they were great brothers. I thought they were great people. You know, I wanted to be with them, and they were the only people that I had to look up to. But sure. I came to realize that it was just a lot of lost guys that didn't have dads that were doing the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, being in a network of, you know, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future... Hang around with five millionaires, you become the sick. You hang around with five million uh, losers, you become the sick. So, when you start, how was it that you started to build a network? Because there's a lot of people going, Yeah, that's all well and good for you. You know, you've got a, a network of million people that have got high net worths and everything else. You know, but I'm just a guy from a town where there isn't really any movers and shakers, but I want to be you. Yeah. I want to be that guy. How do I start to build a high net? high net worth network
0: what were the steps, step, steps that you took uh, great question and the most common question I get asked by, mm-hmm. by younger guys for mm-hmm. sure the the first thing is you've got to become a valuable person mm-hmm. um, you know relationships are built on fair exchange you know I you know I hang out with my, my my guy friends because they are great guys we get on you know it's great sense of humor all our values are aligned not just because they're successful mm-hmm. but at the same time if they were bums and didn't really have much going on in business and you couldn't have an inspiring conversation with them, I just wouldn't be... Yeah. And likewise, they wouldn't be friends with me. And and so you've got to understand that if you want to attract valuable people into your life, you've got to become a person of value, you know, step mm-hmm. one. Um, step two is you have to be an extrovert to an extent. You know, you don't have to be a complete extrovert, but you want to be putting yourself out there, meeting new people. I refer to the, um, the time when I kind of first met Eman and the friends I'm with now in mm-hmm. that kind of house party. Yeah. That was um i was i was actually two hours away where i lived back at the time in mm-hmm. in um in the warwickshire i was on a a zoom call with the man at 5 p.m um discussing him kind of running my ads and he said at the end of the course oh, what, what are you doing tonight um i said oh just no plans just chilling really he said cool i'm cu- my <coughs> place tonight i'm doing this house party with a load of kind of my my cool friends they're they're, they're super successful you should come now that decision, I could have just said, "Oh no, nah, I can't be asked." But I thought, you know what? I know, I knew your network is your net worth. Mm. I want to surround myself with winners. Um, and so, literally, he was like, "Be here for 7 I'd finished that call, had just gone five. I was like, <laughs> "Fuck!" So I literally ran, threw some clothes in a bag, jumped in my car. I was booking a hotel on Booking.com on the way down, <laughs> and I came down, and I, you know, I built relationships there, which mm. formed into kind of lifelong friendships. Amazing. Um, so, get yourself be extroverted, build a personal brand, and become a person of value, and by doing that, you will just attract mm. great people into your life.
1: Yeah, absolutely fantastic advice. Mm-hmm. There are too many people that are all on take, 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 take mm-hmm. before they add value first. Yeah, You know, and I've always tried to work with that add value first mentality. Before I ask you for anything in exchange, I'm going to show you why I'm going to ask for something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, And, um, you know, absolute great advice, become valuable. And the way that you're going to become valuable is by upgrading you. The way that you're going to upgrade you is by um, learning new skills. Mm -hmm. And that's personal development. Yeah. yeah, it's personal development. It's getting trained. It's leveling up. It's getting access to new information. Sure. You know, not just the standard education system information, but all of the other stuff that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, personal development has got a real stigma to it, it around people that don't use it. You know, every, they say that it's a scam and, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a con and all of this type of stuff. You can learn this stuff on the internet for free. Now, I spend. Huge sums of money on mentors, coaches, personal development, probably about a quarter of a million in the last, I don't know, maybe 16 to 18 months in various training programs and so on. And so I've seen what it's done for my life. But then when you express that to people and you sell training, you know, there is an opinion that, you know, it doesn't work. How important is it? How important is it to, ignore that because if you unless people ignore it they're going to be held back from that information how important is it to ignore it and why do you think that there are people out there that want to say that training and development is a scam
0: uh i mean well first of all like a lot of these people that say it's a scam Mm -hmm. especially the older guys yeah now those that have been to university Mm -hmm. i would question well where's the scam i the problem with university for example (coughs) before we talk about kind of the education stuff Mm -hmm. maybe we offer or personal development is university will literally say to an 18 year old that has no credit, no income, here's a loan for tens of thousands of pounds for you to invest in your education, Mm -hmm. but you can only invest it at these institutions, i.e. these universities. And then I would encourage anyone that is thinking of doing a degree um, to look at what is the tangible return on investment. Mm -hmm. The problem is these 18 year olds and myself, when I was in that position, that age, making a decision around, do I take out a student loan to go to university? I was not financially sophisticated or literate enough mm-hmm. to make a decision, understand what debt was and how the amortization of interests works and mm-hmm. you know what this is really going to truly cost me. But look at the return on the investment on a degree. And I think I saw someone um, share it the other day, as they looked at what a dentistry degree costs in terms of financial commitment, but also time commitment, looked at what then the average salary is for a dentist, worked out the return on investment, and it's really not attractive. Mm. So look, there are going to be some guys that listening to this that, that do want to follow that route. They just want a, a career in a particular specialty. But for those that are entrepreneurial, your biggest return on investment is going to be by finding people that have achieved the level of success you want and learning from them. It's the number yeah. one way to compress time. If, like, for example, I wanted to learn from you how to build a seven-figure you know, trades business, mm-hmm. construction business, whatever, then there's two ways I could learn how to do it. I could go and do it on my own, mm-hmm. think, right, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to learn it the hard way over the next 10 years. Or I could go to someone like yourself that who's got the systems, who's coached hundreds of people, who've done it yourself and what you've learned over the last 10, 15, 20 years, you know, I can compress into learning from you in the space of kind mm-hmm. of 6 to 12 months. Yeah. Um, so it's understanding the return on investment. The reason why people think it's a scam, um, it's just a just close-mindedness mm-hmm. and... Um, I think it's important, so important to be open minded. And you can you, know, you can dislike um, someone's idea without disliking the person. I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, just you and I, we have people that might, might, I've got people that might be listening to this and think, I don't really like that guy. Yeah. I don't really like how the way he comes across. Probably people listen to you and say, oh, I don't like that guy. I don't like how he comes across. Mm. Or, I don't like what he says about this. Mm. You no, know, you, just because you don't align with how someone behaves or how they speak or how they look or what they do, you know, it doesn't mean you still can't learn from them. Mm-hmm. I believe you can learn from anyone. Um, people might look at you They think, you know what, Joseph, if you're very loud, brash, mm. polarizing, mm. some people absolutely love that. Yeah. And some people might, that might not align with them because they might be quite introverted They think, you know what, this guy shows up on social media mm-hmm. every single day and promotes the hell out of his business. Mm. This guy's got conviction in the way he speaks. I like the way he talks about himself and his business with mm-hmm. his tonality, his conviction. And to be able to look at someone, not be aligned with how they act and behave, but still think, you know what, but he does that well. He does mm-hmm. that well. He does that well. Is great, but if if you want to see what you know close-mindedness looks like, look at the comments in some of my Facebook ads on the education business. Mm. Look at any comments you probably get on your Facebook. Yeah. ads. and it's it's shocking, but mm. yeah.
1: And I mean, you know, people. And I think that people think it's a scam in most cases. And I put a post out on social media saying when people um, are making twenty um, when people are making twenty k a year, and they think um, uh, training's a scam. Or they say training is a scam and it was something like, you know, fuck off or whatever on the the tweet that I put out. And it's not digging out people that make 20K a year, but it was just to represent that if somebody making 20K a year says it's a scam and all of the people making millions of pounds um, say that it's part of their day-to-day routine, who is it that you are going to believe in? You know, of course someone that's been in a 20 to 30, 40K a year job um, for the last 15, 20 years um, is going to be pissed when they um, see somebody else younger mm. smashing it in a much easier way. The only way they can justify the, why they haven't made it is by um, trying to tear down yeah. somebody else's success or trying to tear down why it's too easy. You know, um, I don't think there is um, such a thing as get rich quick, but yeah. I think the only way to get rich is fast. Yeah yeah you know we don't want to be getting rich slow we want to make money fast why would you not want to Mm -hmm. and you know getting into training and development it's a shortcut of success and failure of what that person has done and as long as that person's got credibility and they've been there done it and got the blueprint then you know for me it checks out and you've got to be really careful who it is that you're taking advice from your mum, your dad your partners, your friends, your family—they've got your best interest at heart. But I never would go. I went to my mum at 22 and told her I was quitting my job, taking out a fifty thousand pound loan to start a business. And my mum, you know, worked um, very low-paying jobs. My dad didn't work. He was an alcoholic. Was always drinking, mm-hmm. and um, and so she was had to save every penny. So when I told her I was leaving a fifty grand a year job. To take out a 15 grand E loan start a business. She thought I was absolutely crazy. But then at 28, I paid my mum's mortgage. I put her into retirement. You know, I've given her money consistently. So you've got to be careful who you're taking advice from. And there's going to be a lot of people here um, watching this podcast that are going to be in those scenarios where the people around them that they love are telling them not to do things, but that's because they don't believe it's possible for them. So don't let that um yeah. fear you know rub off on you you know it's really really important just because they can't do it it doesn't mean that you can't and you know you're a shining example of what can be achieved you know but you, you I'm free personal development but you've had that drilled into you for a, yeah. a long time and you grew up around it so you knew that it was you wanted to do that a lot of people struggle to break out of the cycle because mm-hmm. no one around them no one close to them no one, you know is achieving things so they're like well you know he's only um done it because his yeah. um, dad gave him an opportunity he's only done it because um he won a tv show he's only done it for this reason you know and people look for excuses as to why you can't become successful or yeah. why they can't become successful
0: it's it's so interesting when you've been to meet successful people mm-hmm. and you, you you hear about their backgrounds like yourself mm-hmm. you know, we, we've had obviously with our father figures two mm-hmm. totally different experiences yeah. you had a father that that left from an early age, I've had a father's been probably the most, you know, supportive mm-hmm. and best I could have asked for. But for some people in your situation, they could have used that as an excuse as to why they can never achieve yeah. anything. Because I didn't have the guidance, I didn't have this. And so for every excuse someone throws at me and so says, Here's the reason I can't do it, it's like, well, let's replace that belief system with like, here's the reason why you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you meet successful people, you just realize, you know, no matter what Background, there's there's no excuse, mm-hmm. um, and I, I do genuinely believe what one man achieve, one, one man can achieve, another man can. Yeah, um, and that's just such an empowering belief system to hold.
1: Fantastic, excellent yeah. stuff. So for those listening um, that want to start to get started mm-hmm. in property, yeah, what's a way in? I mean. I know a lot of the guys out there now you know, that are young, they're looking for this Airbnb strategy. They're looking for this service accommodation strategy. Very little money down, but a way to yep. try and make some money. Is that something that you back, recommend, stay clear from? Would you recommend getting in and like going for you know, the learning, the longer strategy of the developments and building? What's your take on it, and what would you recommend that they do?
0: Um, I mean, yeah, so I, I kind of like map out a very clear roadmap for people mm-hmm. to follow. The first thing people don't need to understand is, of course, they want to get into property because they want to make money. But yeah. Make money can mean different things. And I like to uh, position it as, as a difference between income and a difference between wealth. Mm-hmm. Wealth is you know, how much you own, the total amount of assets. You know, if someone sold a business for, they've got a business worth 50 million, you know, that's, that's wealthy. Their income is, is how much they make each month. Mm-hmm. Now the correlation between income and wealth is actually very weak. You and I, we probably know people that make 20,000 mm-hmm. pounds a month. Mm-hmm but also somehow still live paycheck to paycheck and they're still broke somehow. There are guys that make, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 pounds a year, but they've been sensible of how they've invested over the last 10 years and they've, you know, created a certain amount of wealth. Point being is the first priority of kind of any young individual or someone who wanted to make a transition into um, properties, focus on building up an income first. Mm -hmm. And the goal you want to set for yourself is get to 10 to 20,000 pounds a month. That is just such a sweet spot where if you can hit 10K a month, mm-hmm. and you like you can... And you is go, that
1: in property so, or, or with a different high income skill um, to then invest in property? Well, is that what so, you're
0: so that can be through any vehicle. But the, the what you want to escape from is most people, um, typically, they're in a position where they're trading their time for money. Mm-hmm. They're working in a job where yep. they're getting paid by the hour and getting paid a salary at the end of each month. The next step above that is you want to be in a position where you're learning a high value skill mm-hmm. and building up a knowledge base that you can productize. And sell as a product or service. So if we relate that to property, that could be the Airbnb model. That is a service where you are leasing a property from a landlord. You are then operating on Airbnb, generating you know, create an increase in revenue, and you're taking the profit Mm -hmm. in between. Now I've got friends that make you know again in the early twenties, twenty to thirty thousand pounds a month profit, doing that. They've been doing it for a few years. Yeah. um, But it is a business that works. The another example of that is. Um, packaging deals for investors mm-hmm. so if you learn the skill of being able to go out find and identify good investment properties for example whether mm-hmm. that's you're looking through agents whether you're going direct to the sellers and then you find people that are cash rich time poor that have money want to invest in property but there might be business owners doctors lawyers they don't have the time to go meet with estate agents look at properties analyze a deal you find the deals you find out what these guys, their buying criteria is. And you say, hey, look, if I find a property in this area that if you buy with a 75% mortgage, you can get 20% return on investment. Mm-hmm. I can negotiate it kind of slightly below market value. Would you pay me £3,000 if I can find this deal for you and help package it up and sell it to you? They're like, yeah. And so that is a skill that you then productize as a service. You're, not, you're still having to put in work. But you're not trading your time for money. Mm-hmm. You're getting paid in terms of the value that you can provide. Now, that doesn't have to be property. That could be starting like... Um, you know, a service-based agency where you're you know, selling advertising services or you're creating short-form content for people like ourselves. Mm-hmm. But in property, they're kind of to like two specific examples. Once you've then done that transition, the next step is you want to build wealth. And the only way to build wealth is to own assets. Mm-hmm. The problem with someone making £20,000 a month from this Airbnb model is they don't own any assets. Yeah. You know, they it's still got a business that they've got to run. They As much as kind of somewhat passive income, it's not completely passive mm-hmm. because they've got to be... Know, managing their team, managing their systems, and if they step away, it will just fall apart. Mm. So to build wealth, you need to buy your own property. You can do one of two things. You can just save up money each month and then put it in as a deposit. Ideally, you want to buy below market value slightly or add value to it so you can kind of force an uplift in value and create some equity in the deal, which you can then refinance and put into another one. The problem with just relying on using your own capital is it will just take a very long time. Mm. And I ask, you know, I'll ask anyone in the audience listening, if you make whatever, you know, think about how much income you make after you've paid your rent, your mortgage, you've made your car payment, you've bought your groceries, you've paid your bills. How much can you save each month? And therefore, how long is it going to take you to save a meaningful amount of money that you can put into property, whether it's 50,000 pounds? For some people, it might take you four, five, 10 years. So the way to kind of combat and fast track that is to is to learn how to raise finance, learn how to raise finance. Partner with potential investors, raise equity, raise debt. I mean, it depends how complex you want to get with the finance structures. Mm-hmm. Go find deals where you can either add value or below buy below market value where you're creating value. You refinance, you keep, and then without getting to the the ins and outs of it, you can build from there. Mm-hmm. But um, amazing, great advice. Thank yeah. you very
1: much. Yeah, there's a lot to take from that. There,
0: I mean, I could go on and on, but that's <laughs> that's the main like premise. No, that's
1: really time. really good. So Tyler, what's next for you, my man? What's the next five years look like, or what's, what what do you want to achieve by the time you're thirty? Um, you have got so those I've,
0: goals, yeah. So I've got um, a ten year plan. Yeah, um, I'd love to try and achieve it in five years. Um, basically, luxury property partners as an agency brand want to scale, want to have a thousand agents working for us um, across the UK and Dubai, mm-hmm. and um, you know really make a, a change to that industry and, and help the agents that work for the brand make a lot of money. And then with our property development and investment company, um, scale that. So, you know, I want to I want to buy a billion, own a billion pounds worth of property in the next 10 years. Beautiful. And I'm not going to be able to do that just myself. I'm going to need to partner with some people. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan.
1: Fantastic. Amazing, my man. Really, really good stuff. And then finally, could you give me your definition of what brotherhood means to you?
0: Oh, great question. Um... what brotherhood means to me is being able to for me it's been able to sit down with my boys at the end of the week at a nice steakhouse and just talk about success and Mm -hmm. we've all got each other's backs we all want each other to win and whatever shit hits the fan which does happen we're all there for each other um and we're growing together for me like that's that's brotherhood
1: fantastic well done my man thanks for your time today oh, good to be here. excellent guys don't forget to um, follow tyler on instagram have you got any other channels you're big on tiktok
0: to um, you use youtube is a main one a youtube amazing
1: yeah head over to youtube same name yep tyler newman excellent good man all right guys thanks for listening take care see you soon